Hey, this is Ryan Tucker, and welcome to the weekly podcast, The Unchangeable Truth. We just sit down with Pastor Stephen as he discusses his sermon from Highland Park Baptist Church, and we are honored and thankful that you've decided to listen. And we ask you to go ahead and, and click that subscribe button, click that like or the follow button. And then again, we are honored and thankful that you've decided to listen. So keep listening as Pastor Stephen discusses his weekly sermon. Welcome back, everybody, to the Unchangeable Truth Podcast with Pastor Stephen. Pastor Stephen, you were gone last week. How was your trip? Because you were not here. Right, yeah. Of course, we didn't We didn't do a podcast last week. We uh, didn't. Because I wasn't I missed here. It. Yeah, but we had the two-parter with, with Pastor Johnny we Hunt. We did. Yeah. It was good. And uh, Rich, Rich, Rich. I listened to it a couple times. And we are efforting to uh, to get him back on with us again. Yeah. I think I think that may happen. We're, we're blessed that... Uh, Pastor Johnny and uh, Miss Janet are a part of our church here at Highland Park, and uh, what a what a rich, rich, rich servant of of the Lord Jesus Christ. But yeah, I was out. I was hanging out with some other pastors out of the country, talking about ministry and sharpening each other, and uh, doing a little bit of training and uh, I ca- teaching. I kind of felt the void in my week. Last Monday, like, yeah, you missed like, our time together. I did. I hear you. I hear you. Um, uh, we were we were running at ninety to nothing. So I, I really. You I didn't, really, you didn't miss me. Uh, well, you know, a little bit, a little, <laughs> little bit. I mean, not in an unhealthy way, um, but just a little bit. So yeah, I like it when we get together on Monday morning, or actually Monday afternoon. Sometimes Tuesday afternoon. Yeah, it depends and, on our busy, busy schedules. Uh, and our producer sometimes gets busy. Yeah, true. the but being able to talk about the sermon from yesterday, being able to break scripture down. Uh, just a little bit uh, more in depth, and uh, it's always a good time. So yeah, I kind of I miss the time being here, and uh, naturally, whenever whenever uh, that time rolls around and 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 we're not here, it's uh, it's not quite as fun. So, well, you are missed when you're not here. I do miss it on Mondays, but we're talking about Romans chapter fifteen verses twenty three through thirty three, and. It's titled "The Blessings of Giving and Receiving." So, uh, did you did you get any sort of like negative feedback for talking about giving? But this because this was kind of a a sermon about giving. You talked about tithing. <laughs> this, is, this is sort of a sermon sort about of, giving. Yeah, you know, I'm trying to <laughs> trying to work it in there. Like, um, I know typically people don't like to hear sermons about giving and tithing, and this is what you need to do with your money and how you need to do it, all this stuff. But did you did you get any negative feedback? No, 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 no negative Good. feedback, and and we just dealt with this topic not long ago because again, we are expositional in the way that we preach yep. and study here, and so we work we work through a book. We're coming to the end of the book of Romans, and that's what what Paul is saying. Matter of fact, uh, chapter fifteen ends the letter that he's written to Rome in chapter 16, as I mentioned yesterday, that's the postscript. So he's sitting there and he's telling them, hey, listen, I'm, there's some work that's being done here. And I'm taking the gospel uh, to, to other people. I'm going to be headed to Spain and I want to, I want you to participate with me. I'm taking up an offering so that I might be able to go and bless these people. It might be able to help them uh, in their distress. And uh, again, a furtherance of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, uh, he encourages us and commands us that we are to be givers as well. I think the key part for us to understand is that once we surrender our life to Jesus Christ, 
what he brings into our lives as, lives as far as money and uh, even influence and giftings, whatever it may be, it's, it's all given so that we might bring glory to his name. And I would say we might reach a lost world for Christ. So I'm going to approach it that way. He's the source. And that's one of the points that we made. Everything that we have that's worth anything comes from God. So it's been given to us from his hand to carry the gospel far and wide and use that as a fuel to reach the lost and dying world. What we say around here is the DNA of our church is earn the right to be heard. Right. So we're going to we're going to meet people's physical needs so then in turn we might tell them of the greater need which is a spiritual need. So to me the whole giving and receiving go hand in hand. I'm going to give, God's going to give more. I'll receive that and I'm going to give. And then you know it's just this yeah. unending cycle that that he promises us if we are faithful stewards to what he is brought into our lives that he will continue to give so that in turn we might continue to be faithful stewards. So no, no, nobody complained about it the, to me. Right. To me. I didn't, didn't hear anything. Yeah. So. Well, and, and, and I know you said it like you're, you're going through the text verse by verse. I had somebody ask me uh, a couple weeks ago, I'm teaching through first Timothy and our young adults and it comes to roles in the church, women's roles in the church and elder roles and deacons, all those things. And they're like, well, why are you teaching about this? I said, well, I started in chapter one, verse one, and this is where we ended up. Like, I'm not just picking a day or picking a topic to talk about something. It's just, we're talking about it verse by verse, and this is where we are. So this is kind of where we are in Romans, um, in chapter 15. And your first point is unconditionally count your blessings. But I want to ask the question, how do you do that? How do you unconditionally count your blessings? That seems like a a really big daunting task to unconditionally count your blessings. Well, it is. It's it's not an easy thing. Right? It's it's a very difficult thing because we we want to determine uh, joy and happiness based upon environment conditions whatever the case may be yeah. so uh that's the reason why i shared the text from ephesians 1 3 where it says he has blessed us with every spiritual yeah. blessing in christ so for me how do i unconditionally count my blessings well god's a good father and in the environment or the uh it's not a conditional statement that he is a good father he is always a good father and the blessings that we talked about this new nature this new family this new home it is not conditional once you receive that because we know that those are birthrights to a follower of the lord jesus christ and so i have to sit there and i have to i have to understand that you know when he well paul elsewhere when he writes in philippians 4 verse 4 rejoice in the lord always and again i say rejoice so it's like he says rejoice in the lord always and let me tell you again, rejoice yeah. in the Lord always. Yeah. So yeah. let me make sure you get this. Yeah. He doesn't say rejoice in the Lord for all things, mm. but he does say rejoice in the Lord always. And the point that was trying that I was trying to make in the in the text in the sermon yesterday was, hey, the fact that no matter where you are in life, no matter what is happening, if you are a saved individual, you're in right relationship with God through your personal Lord Jesus Christ, then you are blessed. Why? Because, because you're, you're, you're new creation. That whether it's been a good week, bad week, and I mean, we all know that those are subject yeah. 
to who's defining good and bad. Yeah. And that there there have even been times in our own life where we would say, oh, this was a really good week. And then uh, a little bit further, the very same thing happens. And we're like, this is a really bad week. Right. And so we understand that our feelings and conditions, they're so fickle, but yet it is still not, it, it, they do not change the fact that we are blessed in Jesus Christ. I'm a new creation in him. I have a future home that is waiting on me, which is heaven. Uh, and I'm a part of the new family of God. I even made the statement yesterday, and it's a, it's a well-worn statement that I've said myself, and I've heard many other people say it. The devil knows he can't rob you of your salvation. The devil knows he can't snatch you out of the family of God once you're in the family of God. We'd say it this way. The devil can't rob you of, uh, uh, again, of your salvation so what he'll try to do is rob you of the joy of your salvation. So he'll try to get there and get you to focus on these temporary things and and even even be tempted to think, well, you know, I'm, I'm not really blessed right now. But yes, you are blessed because yeah. the eternal birthrights of a follower of Christ that do not change from time to time, that that has not that has not been forfeited. That's not been robbed from you. So how unconditionally can I do this? I look at who God is. I, 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 base, I base counting my blessings on the f- characteristics and the nature of God, the promises that he makes to me that will not change yeah. because, again, they're built upon the unchanging nature yeah. and character of God himself. And the scripture says he's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And, uh, but so, but like, okay, and and I agree with that, and I think that's a great positive statement. That's a great scriptural statement. But there's so many times, and I've heard it from people, like they're letting the emotion, they're letting the feeling, they're letting the fact that yeah, today may have been bad, or you've got some sort of circumstance in your life that's causing them to just almost. Uh, disassociate from things that the church does or says they're disconnecting from the fact that they can have a relationship with Jesus and they're trying to do it on their own and they're letting the emotion and their feeling dictate how they live their life. Well, and I think we have to remember that our, our, our emotions and our feelings would be the very first to lie to us. Yeah. And uh, some folks would probably argue about this statement. I'll go ahead and make it anyway. Uh, and I'll speak. I'll speak this from my own life. My feelings and my emotions are subject to my will, mm. and 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 not vice versa. Mm. It's not okay. My will is subject to now. If you allow them, your emotions and your feelings will dictate what you think. But I have to override that. I have to sit here and I have to say, you know what? According to the Word of God, yeah. Yeah, These things it. are absolutely true. And so uh, it'd, be, it'd be the equivalent of us waking up saying, you know what, man, I woke up this morning. I didn't feel like I was saved. Right. Well, who's not? I right. mean, everybody has woken up to where you're like, I don't feel like I'm saved. Yeah. Well, I am saved because Jesus is my Lord. Yeah. And, and God's word tells me what someone in Christ, uh, who they are and, and, and what that what that means. And so I just have to, according to the power of God's word, this is, I am blessed. Why? Because of Jesus Christ. And it's not a once and done. It is a continual daily yeah. struggle yeah. that uh, I would say as well, how do you can unconditionally count your blessings? Well, first of all, you got to count your blessings. Yeah. <laughs> 
Right. It 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 we, can be habitual. We really have them. Right. Absolutely. I mean, if you if you don't ever count your blessings, let's say let's say if you don't even count your blessings in good times, then what makes you think you're yeah. going to count them in bad times? Yeah, it's true. So getting in that habit of counting my blessings, let me stop and let me pause. And I would even say this in your prayer life, yeah. set up your prayer life to that. You know, I, I use the acrostic acts, you know, the adoration, confession, thanksgiving and supplication. Right. So a part of that adoration uh, for me is, hey, thank you, God, that even though I don't deserve to be saved, I'm saved today. None of my own merit. None of my own uh, performance. I'm saved today based upon your grace. And because I'm saved, that means I am a child of God. And because I'm saved, that means that heaven will be my home. And because I'm saved, even though I'm not perfect, and even though I'm not what I want to be, because I'm saved, thank God you're changing me daily. You're making me more and more to the image of Christ. And there are some days it's firing on all cylinders. (laughs) And then there are other days that I'm like, oh, I'm thankful for your word because today it really doesn't look like there's change that's happening. And so God's word is not subject to emotions, to feelings, to uh, to environment, to situation, uh, you know, situational ethics, whatever the case may be. It is absolute. Everything rises and falls according to what his word yeah. says. Yeah. And see, it's really, it's really the only, it is the only uh, ironclad document I don't even like to use the word document because it's living, right? Yeah, yeah. But it's the only ironclad thing that we have that we can say, this will not change. I'll give you an example. And I'm not making light of COVID. Please, I hope our listeners hear this. I mean, I had it a couple of times myself. The first time, second time, not not quite as bad. I think first, I drove you to the airport one time when you had it. I think you did. But the first time, I'm sitting there and I'm like, please, Lord Jesus, kill me. <laughs> take take me home. There was 48 hours yeah. there that I was like, I'm saved. I mean, you know, my kids know Jesus. I've got a good life insurance policy. Come on, Lord, take me home. Um, but let's go back to COVID. And well, I think the airport thing, you were picking up a car. You weren't like, I don't think you were going somewhere. Yeah, we weren't holding hands or yeah, anything. There you go, yeah, right. so the Sorry, I interrupted. In which we never have. Just <laughs> let our listeners know. You won't even hug me, man. Once a year, brother. That's right. Once a year. That's okay. The the whole COVID thing, the whole CDC. Well, how many times the CDC would sit there and say, you absolutely must do this. And then they come back and like, well, no, 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 you absolutely must do this. Yeah, yeah. And this is, you know, I, even, I was listening to something the other day and saying what conspiracy theorists have been saying all along. Hey, this didn't come from a meat market right. over in China. This right. was a, a lab. Yeah. Uh, this was a a man made virus that went wrong, or maybe didn't even go wrong. That somebody, some people say that somebody purposefully released it. We'll probably never know. But what I'm saying is, you know, CDC will sit here and they'll say, "Do this, do this. This is it, absolutely, without question, without doubt." And then they come back and they contradict what they said before. God's word will never do that. It will never contradict. Um, you know, it's just like Windows. You know, they they come they update Windows all the time. And, you know, we've got a new edition of Windows and we got Windows this and we got Windows that and there will never be a Bible update. That, true. 
Sure. It's never going to expound and, oh, you know, we have a bug that we didn't realize that was there in Scripture. So we've written some new Scripture to counteract the bug. Right, right, right. yeah. So, so, so back to the yeah. original question, based upon the authority of God's Word. Yeah. And I would even sit there and say, if, you're, if, you're, if our listeners are struggling, man, I'm struggling to see myself as blessed and I'm a child of God. You know, first of all, let's get the salvation thing settled. I know that I'm in Christ, right? I know that that my life has been changed. If I'm the same person that I was before I prayed a prayer, before I was baptized, or before I joined a church, if I had, there's been no change in my life, that's a pretty good indication. You don't know Jesus as your Lord. <clears throat> Again, not perfection, but clearly change. Right. So I've settled that, but yet. Okay, man, I find myself in a in a valley in a desert, and I'm just I'm really having a hard time counting my blessings during this time in life. Well, sit there and and and, and agree with what the scripture says. Agree what what the scripture says yeah. that you're beautifully and wonderfully made. Mm. Oh man, that's that's rich right there. I, yeah. I'll, I'll say you know uh, you know agree with what the scripture says. If any person is in Christ, they're a new creation. Yeah, old things are passed away. All things have become new. Um, do not rejoice because the demons are subject to you, right? Rejoice. Your names are written down in heaven. Uh, behold what manner of love the Father has given to us that we should be called the children of God. So I'm going to sit there and I'm going to say, this is what God's word says. It is absolute all the time. Yeah. And so I'm just going to claim this and I'm just going to claim this and I'm going to claim this and I'm going to rejoice. Well, I don't want to be fake. You're not being fake. You are agreeing yeah. with what? God's word says. Yeah. When I was I was reading the other day, I was talking with some of the guys in the college ministry about some Bible things, and there's, you know, it, there's verses that say that we are known, like we are fully known by the Creator, and you know, I, and even though I've been a Christian for a minute, no, read the Bible, know these things, like it's comforting and encouraging, and there's some peace and some rest in the fact that I am known. I'm known. I'm fully known by the Creator. I'm fully known by who Jesus is, and like I, that to me, that's a huge blessing to count and to think on and to reflect on. I'm known. I'm known by the Creator. Absolutely, and and you you, I think it's key to, well, as we were saying earlier in that daily prayer time. Yeah. In my daily prayer time, I'm going to sit there and say, man, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you that you tell me I'm co-heirs with Christ. Yeah. Mm. You know, thank thank you. Thank you that you'll never leave me, you'll never forsake me. Yeah. Thank you and just claim those things, claim those things. Again, I'm not claiming those things to sit there and try to uh uh, well, hey, hey, I'm a child of God, so here's what this means. This means that I get this, this, and this because I'm going to make my life better, and I'm going to make my life – it's not a personal gain thing. Yeah. It's just you sitting there uh, claiming you are who God has already said you are. Mm. And so when I go back to – I make the statement, my, my feelings and my emotions are subject to my will. There are people that – you know, I've had folks that, that have come to church or they don't come to church. I'm like, why don't you come to church? And they're like, well, you know, I, I walk into worship. I just don't feel like worshiping. <laughs> what do you mean you don't feel like worshiping? I just don't feel like worshiping. You know, I'm just in this terrible mood, and so I don't come. Yeah. I don't feel like worshiping. I'm like, well, why don't you do this? Why don't you worship until you feel like it? Yeah, yeah. F- you know, your feelings will be subject to your will. Yeah. So. Mm unconditionally count your blessings yeah and then you you talk about you know understand that 
understand God's economy. And you, you referenced this earlier that God is the source of everything that we have. Um, you know, he's perfect in everything. Do you, do we forget that though? Like, do we forget the fact that God's the source of things? I would say I would say it is sown within the DNA of American cultural Christianity that you know as Americans we pride ourselves on mm. man we work hard yeah. we don't give up you know yeah. we uh, uh, we worked hard to 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 start this country and we have sacrificed and uh, you know when the going gets tough the tough get going the ox is in the ditch we get in the ditch and you know whatever saying you want to throw in there that's who we are as Americans right and so we allow that to come over into the faith arena and so we we sit there and we say well, yeah, I know that God's the one that supplies, but but look what I did. Man, I worked hard for yeah. this. I work hard for this. Yeah. I think in our culture, we value hard work more than we value humility. Mm. Uh, I don't there's no think there. I, I would say it's yeah. so. And yeah. so um and so I would say that's the case. Well, yeah, yeah. Almost like salvation. Yeah, I know. I know salvation is a gift of grace from God uh, through faith. But it's also me doing stuff. Yeah. I mean, I got to live a good life. Well, no, you don't live a good life to be saved. You live a good life because yeah. you are saved. But it is all a work of God. It is a work that he has wrought. So that, I mean, we can't even boast about anything that we've done when it comes to our salvation. And I would say... I would say it's true of anything that is good in our life. You know, I'll sit there and have folks say, well, you know, man, I did. I worked so hard and I did this and I made wise decisions. I sacrificed and that's the reason why I have all this good stuff today. And I'm like, you know what? If it weren't for God allowing Mm. your brain uh, to fire uh, when it fires and all the little molecules and the synopsis and all those things, if just one of those gets a little out of step, guess what? It's not yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah. It's not you. So, uh, yeah, I think it's a struggle that especially us over in the Western part of the world have. Yeah. Uh, not only with what we have in life, but also even when it comes to right standing with God, what we call salvation. So in, in this idea of understanding God's economy, that God's the source, um, you kind of start talking about uh, this this idea of seed and fruit, you know, that God's seed must produce fruit um, because we've been blessed. We should bless others. We should give to others, uh, sow into others. Can you can you kind of talk about that? Because I, I want to hear your thoughts on that about sowing into others and blessing others. Like, uh, so God's seeds must produce more fruit. Well, I think I think unfortunately, when you hear the word seed involved with any kind of Christian message or sermon or scripture, it has been polluted by the prosperity preachers mm, today. Okay. And it usually goes something like this. Yep. If you'll sow some seed into my ministry, yeah. uh, which means if you'll help me buy a new jet or if you'll help me buy another mansion <laughs> or if you know if you just sow that seed. I'm, I'm and, waiting on my jet. And then you will receive an abundance. So you sow and you receive the fruit. That's not what this is talking about. Matter of fact, he even tells us that the fruit there is this is this offering 
that he is going to be taking to them. But then we even go over to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. He's talking about the very same offering that he is taking. This time he's just talking to the church at Corinth. And uh, he gets down to verse 13 and he even makes the comment, uh, your obedience in giving, it accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ. Yeah. So the fruit that he is talking about, us sowing by giving, us sowing by uh, being obedient to give that which God has given us as his children, the fruit is salvation. Yeah. The gospel going forth, more people hearing. I would just say this to any of our listeners that sit there and, and, and are listening to someone preaching or teaching or watching them, and all of a sudden they sit there and say, hey, listen, man, God wants to bring a harvest in your life. Yeah. And if you'll just sow, if you'll just send me that $100, he's going to sow a harvest in your life. Friend, listen to me. The harvest that he wants to bring is lost men and women through the confession of your faith. And he does. He wants you to be obedient in every area of your life, not just with your money and resources, but everything. I tell folks as well, we're not talking about a giving issue here. We're talking about a faith issue here. I put more faith and trust in in God's provision than I do my own provision. And the reality is I don't even have my own provision. Mm. But what is he trying to bring forth in in terms of the harvest and fruit? It is salvation. It is salvation. Uh, Lost men and women, lives being changed, coming to know Christ as Lord and Savior. And again, going back to the blessings that we have in our own life. Hey, he wants to change their nature. He wants to add them to be a part of a new family, right? He wants to... um, he wants to work in their life the same way that he's worked in your life. He wants to give them a new home. Mm. So this whole s- seed and harvest, right. you got to be careful that it's contextual. Yeah, for sure. Well, and and so let's speak about that. You you talked about uh, becoming uh, rich, and you use that term um, talking about again investing in others that you know the fruit of this is going to be for kingdom purposes. It's okay to give to others. It's okay to use your money for the things that God has done for you to keep it going. You can't outgive God. You've said those things, but you use the term rich. So can you define this, the rich term that you used? Yeah. When, when it says in this passage of scripture, and I think it's second Corinthians, 9, 10, 10, 11. Yeah, it's the passage of Scripture where he's talking, again, about the same offering. We just addressed it. Right. Uh, he's just writing to the church at Corinth versus the church at Rome. And he says there, when you do this, it'll increase the sea. Basically, hey, the harvest of your righteousness, what's the harvest of your righteousness? Leading people to Christ, leading right. people to Christ. And so I'm going to be obedient, again, not just in money, but in all that God has given me so that God may get glory through the testimony of the gospel of Jesus Christ is what he has laid out. You will be made rich in every way. Mm. And some people think that rich means I got a bunch of money. Right. I'm living in big houses. Mm. Uh, I have all the toys that I want and all this kind of stuff. Well, I mean, yeah, being rich is having a lot of resources. I would agree with that. But you are you're minimalizing what he means when he says you will be made you will be made rich in every way because money's just one way. And again, you've not been made rich in every way to spend it on yourself. 
Now, you've been made rich so you can be generous in every occasion so it will result in thanksgiving to God. And so the reason or, well, my definition of how you can be rich is having all your needs met and really having the capacity to enjoy life. And um, I've even even defined it another way. You can add up everything that money can't buy and death can't take away, and that'll really tell you how rich you are. Yeah. yeah. So we're talking about greater riches than just material possessions. Again, folks will sit there and say, well, I'll be fine with just the material possessions. Right. And that's need- relative, though. Sure. Like, I mean, you look, at, you look at some of the other cultures that compared to the culture that we live in, and monetarily, we make way more money than other cultures across the, the world. I've often said this, and I know you've been in a third world country. I know our producer's been in a third world country. I've often said this, that I think, I think it ought to be mandatory yeah. for every teenager yeah. to have to go to a third world country on a mission trip just to yeah. reveal yeah. Uh, how, how I don't even want to use the word fortunate, and I don't even want to use the word rich, maybe, maybe the, how many resources we have. Because if we want to take what he is saying here in this passage of Scripture, if we just limit it to money, yeah. I mean, I, I would say this. I would say people in third world countries, if they would even say we're not rich. Right. Because we don't have peace of heart. Mm. Yeah. It's always we, we got to have more. Yeah. We got to have more material stuff. That's how we define success. So here's a story. Story time with Stephen, right? <laughs> Love it. So, so, so there was this guy who was on a, uh, a trip in one of these uh, Caribbean islands. And there was a guy that uh, had a little fishing business. And, and so he befriended this guy. And he said, uh, uh, this guy's coming in, you know, right from doing his little fishing business, a native there. And he said, hey, what are you doing? Well, you know, I'm, I'm coming in from doing my fishing for the morning. He goes, okay, well, what are you going to? What are you about to do? He goes, Well, I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna I'm gonna have uh, I'm gonna have breakfast uh, with my wife. Okay, with well, him, what are you gonna do after that? And he goes, Well, I mean, you know, I'll probably take a little nap. Okay, well, what do you what are you gonna do after that? He goes, Well, I'll probably sit around and play the guitar with my friends, hang out with them just a little bit. And he goes, Hey, listen, man, you know, you could really make a successful business out of this fishing thing. He said, you know, if uh if you don't if you don't stop, if you would get a second boat and all of a sudden, you know, that second boat, you could take that out when this first one's bringing in its fish load and, and you could start catching more fish and then that's successful. And all of a sudden, next thing you know, you got a whole fleet of boats and you could have a boat out there on the water all the time and that's successful. And then you you get more boats. I mean, you, you, you'd, you could bring in an enormous amount of fish, make a boatload, you like that, a boatload of money. And you would have it made. You would have it made. And he's like, okay, well, well, then what would I do? Well, I mean, then once you had it made, if you want to stay at home and have breakfast with your wife, you could do that. If you want to take a nap in the middle of the day, you could do that. If you wanted to, in the afternoon, if you just want to hang out with your friends, play the guitar, you could do that. And he's like, well, but that's what I'm already doing. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I, would say, I would say an idol that we have in the Western culture is wealth. As far as a poor definition yeah. of wealth, yeah. that we have made materialistic wealth an idol, yeah, an idol, and yet we can go to some third world countries that would sit there and say, "You guys aren't rich, yeah, you guys are enslaved, yeah," and we would look at them and we would say, "My goodness, you guys don't have anything," and they would say. 
but we're free. We, 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 we have what we need. You can't take it with you when you die. Yeah. And our focus is so much on the temporary, this world, uh, possessions at the expense of the things that which, which matter, the permanent, the yeah. eternal. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm, I'm, it, my, my head does that sometimes, Ryan. Yeah. I just go it, around in circles and circles. What? And, and as you're talking about that, like I, I remember being in, I was in Haiti and you know, if, if you, parts of Haiti, there's, there's no electricity during the daytime. Then there's no electricity in the nighttime, depending on what part of the town you're in. And, uh, we were up in the mountains and they just didn't have power. Like the power shuts off at a certain time and very poor living conditions. And this guy was talking about coming back to the United States to raise some money and we asked him, like, what's your favorite part of your trips to the U.S.? He said, my favorite part of the trips to the U.S. is uh, being able to go home and see my family. And we're like, yeah, but you have so much more in the U.S. than you do at home. He said, yeah, but he goes, this is where my family is. The people I get to serve to and tell about Jesus, that's where they are, and that's where I want to be. And I'm like, okay. He just kind of put some perspective on uh, living his life for the gospel. And it's not about the stuff stuff like it's about the the kingdom purposes well and again i want to go back to here's how you can tell how rich you are you add up everything that money cannot buy and death can't take away that'll tell you how rich you are Mm. that we've all yeah we've all read the stories of people that we you know that we would say were highly successful in their field right rich as far as so much materialistic things that most folks would look at their life and say, boy, I wish I had it like that. Yeah. And yet these are the very ones who take their own lives, commit suicide, yeah. because at the end of the day, yeah. what they thought would bring happiness when they received it and they attained it, happiness did not come. Yeah. And so in mm-hmm. their mind, well, there's no way to achieve happiness. I just want to unplug. And yet the Bible makes it very clear. Happiness is being in right standing with God. No amount of money can buy it. No amount of money can can forfeit it. It is it is all about the grace of God through Jesus Christ. Yeah, so good. Uh, the third point, and we'll we'll close on this one. The you know again the blessing of giving and receiving. Part of that is we need to unite together in prayer. Unite for praying for each other. Um, yeah, that that's kind of a big one. And you even said that strong Christians need prayer. Like, it's not just, you know, people that are struggling through things. Like, it's, we all need it. Well, who requested this? Right. right. Paul. That's a great statement. The guy who yeah. wrote yeah. what two-thirds worth of the <laughs> right. New Testament. Now, we're talking about books. I'll, I'll make that statement. My wife will remind me, well, you know, really, if you look at the Gospels and yeah. Acts and, you know, Revelation, stuff like that, it's really not two-thirds of the New Testament. But if we talk about books... The books, because I know a lot of Pauls were short. Right, right. Um, but anyway, let's just say this. Pretty stout dude. Pretty stout follower of Christ. And notice how he says it. I beg you. I beg yeah. you. Yeah. Through the Lord Jesus Christ. He, yeah. he like puts a he puts a little caveat on it. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. You may not like me, may not want to pay pray for me, but through the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> right. It'd be like me saying something bad about you and you get upset and I yeah. say, Forgive me in the name of Jesus yeah, Christ. Right. You're like, Well, I gotta forgive me throughout the name yeah. of Jesus Christ there. I beg you through the Lord Jesus Christ 
that you strive with me yeah. in prayers to, to God for me. And so if Paul understood the importance of praying for each other, yeah, my goodness, why, why wouldn't we? Yeah. Why wouldn't we? Here's the guy that was shipwrecked, beaten, thrown in prison, everything in the world, uh, left for dead because he wouldn't quit preaching about Jesus Christ. And here he is. He's getting ready to sign this letter off. And he is saying, I, I beg you, please, 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 would you pray for me? Pray to God for me. And then he's sitting there and he's saying, hey, you know, I'm going to be going to some people to take the gospel. They're unbelievers. They're going to do anything they can to silence me. Would you pray about that? Yeah. Pray, you know, I, I look forward to come to you and get to spend some time with you, be refreshed, have good fellowship with you. Pray that that happens. Pray that I get the opportunity to do that. And um, the word that he uses there in the original Greek, the word uh, strive means agonize. It's talking about a struggle there. He's just yeah. saying, hey, let's struggle yeah. together. Yeah. Let's struggle in prayer. Uh, the difficulties that we have in life, let's match those with uh, the, uh, a struggling or a striving, agonizing for each other in prayer. And I think a lot of times we approach prayer a little different. Well, I'll do everything that I can do. And then once I've exhausted everything else, okay, I'll pray for you now. Right. We talked about this a few weeks ago. Right. No, prayer is not the last resort. Right. It is the very first resort. And um, there is power in prayer. Paul understood that. And thankful, he, he's already said, I'm in the family of God. You're in the family of God. So we, we, we have the opportunity to do something that people that are not a part of the family of God don't. And that is link up with God. Yeah. I mean, what happens when we pray? Right. When we pray, it takes, it takes our finiteness and it yep. links us with the infinite yeah. plans of God yeah. through prayer. Mm. Uh, and he's like, man, pray. And so I think it's important for us. Hey, man, you, you pray for me. I'm going to pray for you. How can I pray for you? I even talked about that in the sermon. You did. That if somebody comes up and says, hey, listen, man, I've been thinking about you. How can I pray for you? Don't sit there and say, oh, I'm good. I'm fine. Yeah. You don't need to pray for me. No, sit there and say, hey, here, here's how you can pray for me. So it's okay to admit that we need prayer? <laughs> what? <laughs> well, Seriously? I, and why? Well, and and I think yeah, I say that kind of jokingly, but there are people that just like you said, they're like, "I'm good, I'm good. I I don't want to admit that I need something. I don't want to admit that I need help. I don't want to admit that there's something bigger than myself that um, knows more than I know." Like, and you and you even said you you talk about this prayer being this spiritual refreshing. There's some rest in that. So is that is that just a, a churchy pastoral statement that you said, or is that something that you have experienced about prayer being a refreshing thing for you? Without doubt. Without doubt. Uh, I'm, I'll go back to um, when, when I was pastoring the church in Little Rock before I came here and very difficult time that was happening in our in in, in our life. Uh, my wife had had just had a miscarriage, and I you know life continued, church work continued, pastoral work continued, and you know I'll never forget just the disappointment. Uh, and you know we were uh, we were told that uh, things didn't look good. The heart rate was not well. Um, come back in the morning. We'll we'll do another test, and 
man, we just all night long cried out to the Lord, Lord, please, Lord, please save this child, save this child. Um, and uh, the Lord, for whatever reason, you know, the child, the child didn't make it. And uh, just the difficulty of all that. And I can remember uh, it was parents night out at our church. And so our, our girls were younger and uh, with us not living there or growing up there and having a family there, I can remember taking the girls to drop them off at uh, parents night out. And, you know, Jennifer and I just to get to spend some time without the kids there. Yeah. And I can remember getting ready to go back home. We weren't going to be going out or anything because all this was just so heavy and it was just a, a very difficult time. And I can remember two guys grabbing me in the hallway there and uh, just saying, um, hey, we want to pray over you. And I was like, oh, man, that's good. Your wives are waiting on you. You guys go on out and have dinner and all that. No, no, no. We want to pray over you. And I'll be honest with you. I don't even remember what they said. Yeah. I don't even remember what they prayed. I remember they just they gathered around me and just started praying over me, and it literally felt like somebody was was picking up burdens and taking them mm. off, and picking them up and taking them off. Mm. And again, if you if you put a gun to my head and said, "Tell me what they said," you'd have to shoot me because I wouldn't know what they said. Yeah. But I know this that uh, I left that place just okay. This was good. Uh, old people get this statement. Old people like me. It's like I'd have had a shot of B twelve. Boom. Whoo, man! All right, this is this is good. Yeah. Uh, or, or maybe old guys can appreciate this: a shot of testosterone. Wow! All right, let's go run the race. Um, and just the refreshment that comes from that. But yeah. I think that's how God intends it. Yeah. I think I think the devil wants us to sit there and try to carry our own burdens and act as though we have everything together and there's no struggle in life because he wants to segregate us. He wants to. He wants to place us on an island by ourselves because he knows if he can get us away from the fold, right, from the flock, it'll be a lot easier to attack us. And so I would just say this, let the walls come down. Yeah. And, and again, I, I'm one of those, I don't like going to Band-Aid parties. <laughs> you know, when somebody pulls their Band-Aid off, hey, look at how bad my boo-boo is. And you're like, you think that's a boo-boo. Let me take my Band-Aid off and show you my boo-boo. Again, please uh, hear me. That's not really who I am. That made me giggle. But, but we're, we're, we are, we, yeah. we, we're to come alongside each other. We're part of the family. We're going to, we're going to help carry each other's burdens and we're going to pray for each other and we're going to encourage each other. And just, I mean, just a little thing to sit there and, and even if, even if those guys had not had prayed for me that night, and I'm going to tell you, they were going to wrestle me to the floor and pray for me. Yeah. But even if the fact that they just said, want well, you know, we're praying for you, man, that's stout. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I've experienced it. And I can tell you situation after situation. Yeah, for sure. You could as well. Absolutely. Our producer could as well. Yeah. And I think sure. that's what God intended. I think that's what Paul meant when he said, hey, I look I forward so. to coming to you so we can be f- refreshed together. But I think he's talking more about prayer there. I think he's talking about just being each, uh, in each other's presence. Yeah. I, and I know the day and time we live in and the church, we did a... <laughs> Man, we, we made it so easy for people to stay at home and say that they're doing church. And I even lied for six weeks and said, it's exactly the same as coming. And uh, and then I'm like, no, it's not exactly the same as coming. Hey, I got a phone call right here. Pastor Johnny Hunt. Let's Uh-oh. see here. Hey, Pastor Johnny Hunt, we're, we're, actually, we're actually on our podcast right now. We're talking about Romans 15. Now we, we've 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 just patched you in to the board, and we didn't know if there's anything you might want to say on our podcast this week. Oh my! Now let me think here. Uh, I'll give a word of encouragement. 
Yes, sir. Give us an encouragement. Well, let me say that uh, I'm one of those that will be blessed this coming Sunday to hear my pastor open the Bible and teach verse by verse as he does every week. I'm so grateful for exegetical, expositional preaching, which gives the meaning of the word to us. So those of you that are attending churches with preachers that actually use the Bible, you are a blessed and a fortunate people. And Lord willing, I look forward to some real special announcements in the next uh, podcast that I'll have the opportunity to be with my pastor on. So, so is that... Pastor Johnny, is that is that confirmation? I wrote it down. Is that confirmation that you are going to join us again on the Unchangeable Truth podcast? Absolutely. All I need is an invitation, and I am there. Fantastic. Well, we're getting the Perrier water ready. <laughs> Let this be the invitation. Oh, that's all I need. <laughs> all right. Love you, Pastor. Hey, I'll call you back when we're finished. All right. All right. Bye. And there you have it, folks. There you go. Uh, so it sounds like Pastor Johnny Hunt's going to be joining us again. Fantastic. Yeah, it's been a good week, Ryan. It has. Well, Pastor Stephen, thank you for your time. Thank you for always, and we say this, thank you for always pointing to Jesus. Thank you for always pointing to the gospel and preaching without shame and preaching very boldly the name of Jesus. So if you're listening to the Unchangeable Truth Podcast, we thank you for taking the time. We ask you to go ahead and click that subscribe, like, and whatever all those buttons very are Very important, there. very, very important, because that helps us get the message out That's further. That's right. If you, uh, and, and go and rate it. That's the word I was looking for. You want them to go rate and rate it. this. Now, don't rate it a one star. If you think it's a one star, just keep that to yourself. <laughs> but please, if you'll rate it a five star, Absolutely. that gets it out further, and more people will get to hear the message that we proclaim every week on this program. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to Unchangeable Truth. Hey, guys, this is Stephen Kyle, and I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today, Unchangeable Truth. This is a ministry of Highland Park Baptist Church in Panama City, Florida, and we would love for you to visit us if you ever find yourself in the Panama City area. Our address is 2611 Highway 231 North. You can also learn more about our church and its ministry by going to our website, www.highland, and it's H-I-L-A-N-D, park.org. There you'll learn more about what we believe, what we teach, about the gospel of Jesus Christ. There'll also be a sermon archive there so you can go and listen to various sermons over the last several years. As always, we would love to talk to you about your relationship with Jesus Christ. So feel free, shoot us an email, info at highlandpark.org. If you'd like to learn more about Jesus and what it means to follow Him, our prayers are that you would draw near to Christ, that this podcast would be used to point you to Jesus and to help your faith grow and your walk increase. God bless you guys. Thank you for listening.